Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the mystery short story, The Artists of Charter Street, by Ellen Byron. It's read by local actor Amelia Ryan. The Artists of Charter Street was published in 2021 in Suspense Magazine. If you'd like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. 10,000 bodies lie under the New Orleans sidewalks. Zimelda heard this many times a day from the tour guides who stopped on the street outside her centuries-old building. It served as a constant reminder of loss. A reminder no one needs, she thought, especially me. Friends, family, neighbors, outliving loved ones was a lonely business. She heard music coming from the loft across the hall and smiled. Gwendolyn, the new tenant, liked to listen to music while she painted, just like Zimelda once did. Zimelda didn't recognize the tune, but that wasn't new. She hadn't recognized the music of anyone who occupied the loft in decades. The French Quarter townhome's ancient wooden stairs creaked under the weight of footsteps. A man emerged on the landing. His handsome face glistened with perspiration from the climb. Except for the artist studios, housing Zimelda and the new tenant, the building was unoccupied, used mostly as a storage facility these days. Fans did a poor job of making up for the lack of air conditioning. Even in early March, when the air was laden with the damp, biting chill that defined a New Orleans late winter, the top floor trended toward warm. The man didn't notice her. Few people did. Zimelda saw he held a to-go coffee container from Café du Monde and a paper bag of beignets. This was no surprise. He'd made the same delivery several times in the week since Gwendolyn had moved in. He gave her new neighbor's door a wrap and it opened. A lovely young woman stood in the doorframe. She was petite, and her features were gamine, finely defined and delicate. Her chestnut hair was pulled away from her face in a high ponytail. The couple was similar in age. Zimelda guessed both to be in their early thirties. But there was a sadness to the woman. Her pale gray eyes were sunken, her skin flushed. Zimelda was sure she was unwell, although Gwendolyn, called Gwen by her friends, denied it. The man, who Zimelda had learned was Alex, Gwen's soon-to-be ex-husband, handed over the bag and coffee. Special delivery. Gwen took both and gave Alex a wry smile. Again? He grinned and shrugged. Who said a divorce has to be ugly? He paused. Or happened at all? A shadow crossed Gwendolyn's face. We've been through this, Alex. You want out as much as I do. Yeah, I guess. You know. Gwen's voice was firm with an edge. Alex ran a hand through his sandy blonde hair. Zimelda noticed it was beginning to thin. Can I keep bringing you coffee and beignet? His tone was hesitant. Please. Zimelda could tell Gwen wanted to say no, but instead she said, Sure, sometimes. The couple said their goodbyes and Alex headed downstairs. Gwendolyn didn't move. She stood planted in the doorway. Zimelda felt for the young woman. 
Would you like some company? Gwen turned and walked back into her loft. She left the door open, which Zimelda took as an invitation to follow her, which she did. The loft was a large open space, barely touched over the centuries. Giant, sturdy beams supported the roof. Multi-paned, iron-framed windows lined two walls, allowing for streams of natural light when weather permitted. Paint flaked from the plastered walls, in one section revealing a spot of faded green, original to the building. Gwendolyn's easel sat in the corner of the room between two banks of windows. A canvas on the easel reflected one window's view of French Quarter rooftops. At least, Zamelda assumed it did. The painting leaned toward the abstract. She noticed Gwendolyn hadn't made much progress in the last few days and attributed it to the young artist being dogged by whatever ailment was bothering her, as well as the emotional toll from her dissolving marriage. Zimelda had picked up enough snippets of conversation to know that the couple had married early and outgrown each other, leading to a string of affairs on Alex's side. Yet he was the one dithering about the divorce. Zimelda, skeptical thanks to hard-learned lessons from her own life, wondered if the financial aspect of the couple's relationship prompted the man's equivocating. An only child whose real estate developer parents perished in a private plane crash, Alex was enormously wealthy. Zimelda took a seat on a wooden stool to watch Gwen work. The younger woman took a sip of coffee, then mixed a dollop of white into a dish of black paint to tint it gray. She began painting the slate shingles on a rooftop. After only a few minutes, she stopped. I feel nauseous. You haven't eaten, have you? Eat something. Coffee on an empty stomach is never a good idea. Gwen took a few reluctant bites of the beignet. Better? A little. It comes and goes. You need air. The bracing walked to the historic New Orleans Collections Charter Street campus seemed to invigorate Gwendolyn. She and Zimelda entered the renovated Beaux-Arts building and walked to the furthest gallery, where they took their seats on a bench facing a wall displaying 19th-century paintings. Their interest focused on a grouping of women's portraits, around a half-dozen in all. The subjects were clad in the hoop-skirted gowns of the time period, and their poses were the typically demure ones of the Victorian era. But each woman was framed against the same backdrop, a vibrant wallpaper decorated with an explosion of extraordinarily vivid emerald green ferns. I never get tired of studying these, Gwendolyn murmured as she scanned the portraits. A collection employee hovering nearby approached them. She exuded the energy of the twenty-somethings Imelda assumed she was. Her name tag read, Charlotte. It's the Ducroix collection. They're incredible, aren't they? Totally, Gwen said. There's an almost shocking sensuality to them, especially given the rigid mores of when they were painted. Charlotte gave a vigorous nod. I know, right? I love them so much. The artist, Emile Ducroix, had a weird career. He did a bunch of decent portraits and then painted these amazing ones in about two years. Then the 1853 yellow fever epidemic came and killed off a ton of people in New Orleans. I haven't been able to research why, but after that, Duquois went back to painting the way he painted before. 
people lost interest in his work, and he killed himself. It's like he got PTSD from the whole yellow fever thing and lost his talent. And his will to live, Gwen said, her eyes on the portraits. Right, that too. Anyway, there's something interesting about... A dry hacking cough came from a visitor browsing the gallery, interrupting Charlotte's train of thought. She made a face. Ugh, that cough. I've been hearing it ever since Mardi Gras. There's something going around. Anyway, Charlotte pointed to the paintings. Here's the thing about this grouping. That green in the background of all of them is what they called Schweinfurt Green. Schweinfurt Green, also known as Emerald Green and Paris Green. Zimelda and Gwendolyn knew exactly what Charlotte was talking about. I thought it might be Schweinfurt in the paintings, Gwen said. It was very popular at the time, and also very deadly. Yes, exactly. Charlotte said this with an overabundance of enthusiasm. They used it everywhere. Wallpaper, paint, furniture, candles, even kids' toys. But it was loaded with arsenic, so it could actually kill people. She glanced at the portrait group. There's so much green in these paintings. Maybe it got into Emile's brain and drove him crazy, and that's why he killed himself. Her tone shifted to somber. Arsenic is scary stuff. My dad uses it to kill rats back home in Texas. The sound of the dry cough that was permeating the quarter came from another visitor. Charlotte rolled her eyes. Ugh, that is so annoying. A week later, the mysterious illness sweeping across the globe brought New Orleans to its knees, shuttering business, forcing residents to shelter in place, and filling hospitals beyond their capacity to treat the sick and dying, one of whom, Zimelda feared, would be Gwendolyn. A worried Alex brought his estranged wife food and drink every day, but the artist's condition didn't improve. Instead, she wasted away with a variety of symptoms. Zimelda came to realize some of them deviated from those associated with the global virus. An instinct born of past experience tugged at her, but when she shared it with Gwendolyn, the sick woman waved her off. Think of the paintings, Zimelda begged. Think of the green. Gwendolyn shook her head. I'm delirious. Go away. Go away. Finally, the sickness became too much for Gwendolyn to bear. An ambulance came for her. Gwendolyn leaned back against the pillows on the bed at the far side of her loft. She'd been home a few days, but was still weak from the battle with her illness. She sipped on broth from a ceramic cup. There's no evidence, is there? Zimelda asked. Gwen shook her head. Everything Alex brought me was in disposable containers. It's all gone. And with the chaos at the hospitals, no one had the time to take a deep dive into what was making me so sick. Since at least a few of my symptoms matched up with what virus patients exhibited, I was written off as one of them. The artist looked ill, but not with sickness, with grief haunted by knowing her husband had tried poisoning her by slipping arsenic into the food and drink he'd been delivering. We got married on impulse. There was never a prenup, Gwen said. That's been eating away at Alex to lose money and me? Talk about failure, at least in his eyes. 
Alex could never admit to a mistake, even a mistake we both made in getting married way too young and without putting much thought into it. Alex is spoiled rotten. Always has been. He can't lose at anything. Gwen stared out the window, where rain pattered down on the slate roof of the building next door. Humiliation. That's why people kill sometimes. They can't handle being humiliated. Gwen began to speak then, overcome with emotion. She stopped. She swallowed and tried again. You saved my life. Zamelda Duquois gazed over Gwen's shoulder. Paint had flaked off a large section of the wall behind her, revealing a small patch of green wallpaper featuring a once vibrant fern design. I recognize the signs. My husband, Emil, was an average artist. I was better. We had an arrangement where I added the finishing touches to his portraits, those of the well-placed wives in the city. Never of the men, of course. That would not have been appropriate. Thanks to me, we made a respectable living. Then one day, Mrs. Charbonnet came to me in secret. Gwen flashed on the portrait of an imposing grand dame in the collection, posed in front of the bright green wallpaper, hands demurely clasped, a slightly sly smile on her face. I know that painting. After Mrs. Charbonnet, Mrs. Posh came, then Mrs. Ballard, until I'd completed half a dozen portraits. Emile was traveling up and down the river for months at a time to paint planters and their families, so I had freedom for a while. When he returned home, I revealed what I'd done and signed Emile's name to all the green portraits, as I called them, since the very idea of a New Orleans gentlewoman being employed as an artist was scandalous back then. The paintings received great acclaim, which thrilled Emile at first. But gradually, the realization that I had a gift which he could not match infuriated and humiliated him. He became cruel. Instead of subjugating me, though, the urge to revolt grew. Finally, during a particularly unpleasant battle with him, I threatened to reveal myself as the true artist of the portraits. I told him I no longer cared what anyone thought. I was proud of the work I'd created. Samelda paused, the memory still painful. That's when he began adding additional arsenic to my green paint. Gwen shuddered, recalling the agony of her near-fatal illness at the hand of her own husband. I'm so sorry. She stared out the nearby window, its glass panes wavy with age. When she spoke, her tone was pensive. What's ironic is that, given the number of portraits you painted, and this being all over your studio, Gwen gestured to the patch of green wallpaper, you were probably already inhaling enough of the Schweinfurt to die from it on your own. Zimelda nodded. Yes, Emil hastened an inevitable process. The yellow fever epidemic of 1853 killed thousands of people that year. Like now, no one had time to look closely at the details of an illness, so I became another body in the unimaginable death toll. Gwendolyn stared at the vision in front of her. You deserve credit for those paintings, she said, angry. 
Emily Aronson, the collection's rare book curator, appeared on Gwen's computer screen. Gwen, so nice to meet you, albeit virtually. You too, Emily. I really appreciate Charlotte arranging this. Charlotte's a character, but she's a find. We're lucky to have her. She's in grad school, working on a master's in art history. She wants to become a curator herself, probably specializing in 19th century portraiture. The curator held up a small, worn leather book. We had the diary you dropped off for us authenticated. It's a fantastic discovery. I thought so. When I realized I was living in a studio where Zabelda Ducroix once painted, I began poking around. I was so excited when I found her diary. I bet. The only painting we have that's officially credited to her is the self-portrait, which I'm sure you've seen. Yes, Gwendolyn knew the painting well. It was the portrait of the woman she'd dismissed as delusions from her illness. I owe you an apology, Emily said. I jumped right into a conversation about the diary without telling you how sorry I am about your loss. Thank you. It's been hard. To think that you see someone one morning, you bring them coffee and beignet, and then... I can't even imagine. And with the hospital's exceeding capacity... Oshner was total madness. A friend's husband is an ER doctor there. He recognized your husband because his family has been such a fixture in the city for generations. My friend said Alex exhibited some unusual symptoms that confounded the medical staff. I know. It's horrible how this disease keeps mutating. I've never seen anyone so violently ill. I'd had the same symptom, so I wasn't completely new to the doctor's. But Alex's case was way worse. He died before they could figure out the best course of treatment. I saw him take his last gasp of breath. I'll never forget the expression on his face as he stared up at me from the EMT's gurney. Terrible, Emily said, just terrible. And given the current circumstances, you can't even get closure with a proper funeral. No, no funeral or anything. It was just me and his ashes which I scattered into the Mississippi. I know Alex would have wanted that. The gulf has claimed him as its own by now. Gwen took a beat. It's hard for me to talk about this. Of course, I'm sorry. It's way too soon. We can talk about the diary if you're up to it. Yes, it's actually a welcome distraction from my grief. Anyway, I have an idea I'd like to run by the powers that be at the collection. I'm coming into a bit of money soon, and I'd like to fund a research project into Zimelda Duquois's life that would culminate in an exhibit of her work. It's time for her to get the attention she deserves, the attention she was denied in her lifetime. I love it. The project would restore credit where it's due and introduce the world to a brilliant female artist and... Emily grew more enthusiastic with each word. We could display the diary as well. I can envision the entire exhibit. I'll pitch it to the board, but I can't imagine the reaction will be anything except an unqualified all-systems go. Wonderful. I think this would be a perfect project for Charlotte. I agree 100%. It's right in her lane. Emily ended the call with a promise to confirm the project within days. Gwendolyn went to her easel, where a canvas with a partially completed portrait rested. Zimelda perched on a stool and assumed a pose. 
Gwen set to work on the painting. She'd captured the brilliant green of the background with a modern paint devoid of deadly ingredients. Now it was time to do her friend justice. As Gwendolyn painted, Simelda recalled the century and a half of people who'd come and gone from her home on Charter Street. Generation after generation of neighbors who refused to believe in ghosts, even in the most haunted city in the country. Every last one of those neighbors denying her existence, and with it, a chance to be recognized for her talent, until now. I've waited so long for someone to accept that they could see me, Samalda said. Merci, Gwendolyn. Thank you. From outside on the street below, the women heard a tour guide for the first time in months. His voice was muffled by the mask he wore. Ten thousand bodies lie under the New Orleans sidewalks. Simelda smiled to herself. And I am one of them. This reading of The Artists of Charter Street was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about the author on her website, ellenbyron.com. An excerpt of Ellen's mystery novel, Here Comes the Body, written under the name Maria DeRico, was also featured on a podcast episode in April of 2022. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even a dollar a month can make a difference, and we could really use your support. Watch for even more great perks coming soon for our patrons. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check the show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. And if you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it, as this helps make us easier for others to find. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery. Mystery.